Hey there, herb enthusiasts. This is Kyle Cushman, your trusted cannabis sidekick, welcoming you back to the Grow Weed at Home podcast. Before we journey into today's topic, I have a special treat for you. My very own Sweet Island Feminized Seeds are up for a deal you can't resist. For every pack you purchase from our online store at homegrowncannabisco.com, we're throwing in another pack for free. Just enter the code SWEETKYLE and check out to make the magic happen. Go on, double your seeds for half the price. It doesn't get any sweeter than this. In today's episode, we have someone whose name is synonymous with the spirit of organic cultivation. Todd Salimi, the driving force behind Organics Alive, will join us here to share his profound knowledge, his passions, and his invaluable insights on organic growing. Be prepared to have your minds blown and your understanding of organic growing lifted to new heights. Combined with his green thumb and the power of Organics Alive, Todd has been leading the way in creating healthier, more sustainable cultivation practices. And who better than him to discuss how we, as home growers, can be part of this movement, right? Our commitment to you doesn't stop at providing expert advice. I've got a few pre-submitted audience questions to address later on. So roll one up or grab your favorite edible as we embark on this organic journey. Fired up? Join me as we deep dive into the world of organics. And as always, keep growing. Hey, everybody. Guess what? We're here for another episode of Gua. I love that. Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Cushman. And I've got a really cool guest here. Yeah, really? That's right. I said really cool. Thanks, Todd Salimi. He is the owner, founder, creator, mad scientist behind <laughs> Organics Alive. And um, well, thank you for being here, Todd. Thanks a lot for having me. Man. Absolutely. Thanks for coming out here to the, uh, the wilderness. As you can see, we're on the road again. I got my road bowl. Heck yeah. Beautiful location. Yeah. There you Thank go. You. So, um, we're going to get to talk about my new favorite nutrient. I mean, as everybody knows, well, as you may well know, I had my own nutrient line for about 10 years, Vega Matrix, and uh, unfortunately I had to close up. Uh, the industry is tough. We'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And um, so I had to find a new nutrient, and guess what I did? I went from a low-salt, low-heavy metal nutrient, like low as in a thousand times lower than all the competitions, to a nutrient that is no salt and no heavy metals. So that's like a bazillion times better than all the competition. <laughs> yeah, sure. And so, man, um, so we've known each other a little while, like not yeah. super intimately or anything, but yeah. like from the 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 b2b circuit yeah, yeah. and you know from the early buds and roses days yeah, when yeah. you were doing just the uh the micro teas and stuff yeah, and yeah. and uh so you've come a long way yes. and uh i yeah. guess you know it's 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 i guess i should start a little bit back then and so you know but long before you had a nutrient line kind of like me i mean i didn't expect to create a nutrient line so you were into sustainable growing and yeah. Uh, you know, and so you created a, an aerobic tea yeah. mix that I used back in the day. Everybody was bubbling teas. Yeah. Um, so tell them, tell us a little bit about your journey, yeah. how you got, not necessarily just the, the business, but yeah. the whole ethos, yeah. how you got yeah. to create Organics Alive. I think, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, I've always, I've, I've always enjoyed cannabis. I mean, since the young high school days, that's kind of, that's 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 I, I enjoyed smoking it. I, I enjoyed uh, providing it, um, you know, and then ultimately started to grow it. And and back then it was, you know, tough to get equipment. And, you know, we'd have to run up to Berkeley Indoor just to get a few lights. Every time you drove down the highway, you'd think about the lights going <laughs> yeah, by overhead. Exactly, you know, so so back then this was like uh, like 90, 1996, 1997. Just really got into it, loved it. Uh, just closet growing, a couple outdoor plants. Uh, and then uh, me and a friend, we moved down to San Diego. We finally got our own place. And below our uh, little apartment, there was a rag garage. So obviously when you see garage, the first you're thinking, you're looking around, where do I put the vent? Where do I put this? Oh, I'm going to build this here. And then I think that's where the real journey began for me was just growing bud and you know when i was going Life changing. yeah well, it really was yeah. this 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 plant has had a hold on me since you know 16 17 years old and it really hasn't let go 
and I love it. And I think there's a lot of gardeners out there who can really, I love, really I love, relate. You I know, love the way he puts that. Know, it's grabbed a hold of me. And <laughs> well, won't like let no go. matter what, you know. Uh, and uh, just ha- never stopped growing. Um, and yeah, that was. Uh, I think that was that was fair. That was probably about 2001. And uh, I think the first hydro shop in San Diego I walked to walked into was owned by Steve and those guys that came down from Tahoe, San Diego Hydroponics, Steve and Todd and those guys. And uh, yeah, I think I, I started my journey there. I, I I started growing with organic, you know, guanos. And, uh, you know, there was like, there was some, some products out there, like the organic line of General Hydroponics. I think BioBiz was even out at that time. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, we're growing, growing by and I've always... You know, I've never, I don't know if it was for hesitancy or intimidation. I never really got into hydro. I always just kind of stayed in the organic I did lane. just for shits and giggles because, you know. like, I figured I didn't know anything. Yeah. My One of my first home grows was a Mr. Turtle kiddie pool that I bought out in front of a Rite yeah. Aid drugstore, you know? Yeah. They had the kiddie pools out front in the summertime. Yep, and yep. I just tilted it like this and put Rockwell cubes and irrigation at the top and a little drain at the bottom. That was <laughs> one of my first home grows. Yeah. yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, that's. I mean, I don't know what it was. So but you grew a lot and then you found yourself yeah. a niche. Yeah, you know, you organic was, was the way I liked growing. And I've, and I've smoked other buds and, you know, and we pass around buds and, you know, and, and I, re- I really realized at that point where, you know, I really just liked growing organic bud. That was, that was my... That was really, really, really my style of growing, and uh, you know, like like I've, like I've said to you before, you know, sometimes the earth kind of just, you know, hands you opportunities. It kind of just guides you. The river it, shows it just, you yeah, it just kind of yeah, exactly. Just yeah, the river just kind of <laughs> that's a good way. That's exactly what it is, man. Uh-huh. Like so, I said, every now and then you got a nice curve in the river. You get off the river, yeah, and you sit and you watch things float by and go by you don't always want to be shucking and jiving the rafts yeah, right the, exactly. the, the rapids exactly. right you know yeah. but i get it it's true it. so 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 growing has been a big part of my life since about the same time as you yeah. and i so what made you want to get you know be an entrepreneur so I, i've always I've, I've had multiple jobs i mean i mean i think, I think multiple jobs I've worked at you know from from restaurants to the kitchens to being in the bank, to managing a bank. I mean, I've, I've kind of had like all these spectrums of, of jobs, but through, through the meantime, I just was always new. You couldn't do it for 25 yeah, years. I, I knew you I couldn't I, do I, that. Yeah, for, yeah, you, yeah. You, I knew I would have my own business yeah, eventually. Got it. And I think growing cannabis and, and providing people cannabis is, is a form of entrepreneurship. You know, you're you're creating absolutely. You're, you know, you're creating a product. Absolutely, you know if your your product is not going to be good, people aren't going to buy it, uh, or you're going to get real low values for it, where break evens, where you go out of business, and so, you know, you really just have to provide a good product to sell to people. So, so it's obviously organic. It's just, yeah, it's organic. It's obvious, you know, organic, right? but it was, well, I mean, you're not going to beat nature. Yeah, you so know, why don't so just go along with it. That that was kind of it. And All right. Again, I think uh, the the cool thing is I've always met people in my life that have that either I was able to provide value to and then there is a there is a hand in hand uh providing of value and, and and back then I was you know I was working a great job at the bank but I wasn't going to stay there and I met a guy um who was a cre- making worm castings uh out in Chino and I I went in I grabbed this plain white bag and I, I you know I saw him I don't know where where it was uh, I think one of my buddies like said hey you know that, I know this guy's got great worm castings I was like cool so we we went to a market or something I grabbed these just came in a plain white bag and I used it in my in my plants and my plants just blew up uh, absolutely I was like man this is really really cool uh, so then I started talking to him and he he blew my mind. Because I that was the first time I entered the world of microorganisms and, and really started to understand why I was growing organically and why I would right. put compost down, why I was doing the things I Because I mean, you were doing them because you know anecdotally your plants are just blowing up. And you know, okay, this is, this is how I like my plants to react. Just to interject, worm castings have over 100 micronutrients, trace minerals, yeah. um, it's an incredible amendment. It, it is. If, it if, is. For, if for the fact that the plant wouldn't hold itself up, you could actually grow in a hundred percent worm castings. Yeah, you know, there's 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 bi- there's a there's a lot of biology that comes there, and so 
I started talking to the creator of the of these worm castings, and he started to talk about you know uh, chitin and cellulose degraders and insect repellency. Wait, say that one more time. Uh, chitin, yeah, chitin and cellulose recyclers. Cellulose recyclers. Yeah, Got and it. so and so these are, you know, not to go too deep into the bio, but these are a sure. form of recyclers, uh, uh, parts of the uh, of, of the microbiome. Nitrogen fixers, recyclers. Yeah, and and I realized, you know, I was like, wow, there's there's a lot to this, and then and then that's when I started to research more into uh, tea, into multiplication of biology. Started to study up kind of on Dr. Lane's early work. Uh, Lane uh, Dr. Ingram. Lane Ingham, yeah, started to uh, look at her early work. And so this was around 2001, 2002. Teaming with microbes? Uh, uh, teaming with wasn't, Dr. Gardner hasn't written that, hadn't that written that book yet. I think that, that came out like, I think 2012 what or something. What was Lane's like books called? Um, back then it was just paper. It was just really? papers because we didn't have Google yet. We didn't have. You know, there were just... Well, we did have books. We'd have books. Yeah, we had, we had books. Uh, so I was just I was just feeding paper, you know, white papers uh, and some of her right. old biological papers right. uh, from her from her work. Started to learn about, you know, mycorrhizae was only six years old. Could you imagine? The, the fungi and mycorrhizae was only... The studies were only six years old at that time. I mean, I can't believe it. Really? Even even just in common agriculture? Yeah, just came in ag- common agriculture. Mycorrhizae wasn't... You know, it didn't really explode until 1995. It's crazy, yeah. So these are these are all really new concepts. So, and then I started to work with uh, Doctor. You know, there was Doctor Wallace and a couple uh, uh, a couple different doctors that were. And then then GMOs. We started to look at GMOs, and it just it it it, I entered a new paradigm. Really, what it was, and so I knew I was getting deeper and deeper, and just loved what we were doing. And so, really, it was just simple concept. I I talked to this guy. I said, Hey, look at I, I I think there's a market out here for what you're what you're providing and and i'd like to you know essentially private label it so well, it wasn't me that went out and, and and created this these worm castings but i knew the value of it i knew what was what was missing in the market and remember back then it was crazy we were only selling the worm castings market in california was only if you think about it probably five to ten tons were being sold at that time in all of california you know, in a in a in a, in a manufacturing. I was buying it. it, it you know, industrial. What was the name? Like, it was Wiggle Worm or something. Uh, there was Worm Gold. There was Wiggle Worm. Wiggle Worm. So there was right. only a few that were that were being sold at the time. So it was it was pretty interesting time. So, so as if so. Go ahead. So no. So at that time, I mean, we just we 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 bagged it. You know, I came I, I came up with the the, the the a name I really liked called Organics Live. And uh, you know, if you if you look at the first logo, is actually the Aquarius water bearer that was pouring these castings over a waterfall into a river, and that was the logo we used. Uh, and I remember the Let's start somewhere. Yeah, you know, okay. it was you know, it was all, okay. It was just kind of you know. It was, so it was you know that life. that 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 is a cool story, and I'm yeah. really glad that you know you really laid it out there. Um, you know, some of us are. Road scholars, scholars, yeah. you know, we, we learn as we go, yep. and some of us, you know, go to school and yeah. and delve in. Um, it's all valuable. Yeah. And and what you made me think when you're telling that story was because I, I I already know most of the story because yeah. I've talked to him. Yeah. Is boy, if coming up with our, the actual nutrient itself was only that easy. I know. <laughs> this is yeah. This is the nutrient itself came it makes, up. It makes twelve it, years later. It, actually, it, it <laughs> makes that idea look like you know. Nobel Peace Prize winning yeah, yeah. material. Let me just uh, give everybody some kind of an idea yeah. about what Organics Alive is. Um, now that I'm going, I'm just about done with my, just about to pull in my second harvest. Yeah. And we're smoking it right here, the first harvest. Um, it's really flexible. It is, um, you know, there's a couple of things that set it apart that really there's no comparisons. Um, it's the no salt, no heavy metal. Yeah. That's what drew me yep. to it, is the smokeability. I'm all about the smoke. You see this bowl? It's still smoking. It's still burning. It's because there are zero heavy metals in it. And it has such a low extinguishing point that it just gets cooler and cooler and cooler. It virtually doesn't. Once you light it, whether it's a joint or a bowl, you really never need to light it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's because yeah, it's it so true. clean. Yeah. I'll hit to that. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is... The flexibility in the line. Yeah. Um, 
So there's a complexity to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but to me, that's flexibility. So, so he's got um, two liquids, yeah. two major liquids in the line, a grow and a bloom. And then he's got um, five powders. Yep. Right? Yep. Five powders. And basically, um, one of them is, is a veg powder or two of them? Well, so he, it's let actually, me, me, uh, just, yeah, it's actually three powders right. that we blend because uh, so their they're, they're, they're NPKs are made separately. And then we blend them according to kind of like what cannabis likes. In it's like winemaking. Yeah. It's like winemaking. But you can right? still, you can still, they still, they're still pulled apart. Uh, so, so, so you can still blend. What as I you meant need. was, I didn't mean yeah. to say there's there's basically one actual veg formula powder, yeah. the ten two two, the yeah. green VN, one. VN, okay, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. And by yeah. the way, they do have a color to them, yeah. and that's with a a, a vegetable. Yeah, it's all dye. food coloring. Yeah, yeah, elderberry things like that. Yeah. Great. So, um, this guy is about as au natural as they come. <laughs> Pretty purist. Uh, that's why I'm really glad he got <laughs> into the whole, you know, the what brought him to create this amazing organic nutrient supplement so um so what's so great is you know you've got a 10 to 2 help me out with the, the mpks a little bit you've four, got five, five. four five five and then zero ten eight zero ten eight and a zero two ten and a zero two ten yep okay so what i found was is that no matter what stage of growth i was in and so no matter what cycle what part of the cycle and no matter what plant Okay, because right now I'm in the middle of uh, uh, my first breeding project in 10 years. And so I've got all my legacy cuts, all the Dank Brother cuts, uh, seeds, um, and a few others. So I've got 12 different chemovars, 12 different cultivars, eight different strains, ranging from the tallest and the longest that should go 10, 11 weeks, all the way down to ones that are done in eight weeks. And I was able to, at any point, customize my feed to go that one needs uh no that one i still need to keep giving nitrogen so i want to give that one five ten eight i was able to mix up the newts and give that basically that ratio there um and then the next week i was able to go okay you know i just want to leave the nitrogen out and i want to give it the same as the others and i'm able to bounce back and forth so it's the flexibility that is just, it's not, it, there is no other nutrient line. Yeah. There is no other nutrient yeah. line that you can customize at every step along the way. You can dial in. That you can dial in. So that's, yeah. speak to that a yeah. little bit. I mean. Well, I mean, you know, it, 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 it is part of the journey of, of, of organics, right? You, you, you don't have as much control. In, in a synthetic format, you definitely have, and I, and I give synthetics that much, you because, really have Because control. we're talking about like yeah. changing lanes, yeah. right? How quickly you can yeah. change exactly. lanes. And when you're growing organically and you've put something in the soil yeah. or you're waiting for something that you've put in to be broken down, yeah, exactly. sometimes it happens fast, sometimes it happens slow, yeah. um, and you got to, that, I'm glad. Yeah. So the um, yeah. one and another thing amazing about this food is, is that it's, I can steer my crops, pardon me for using that term yeah, because yeah. I'm using it in, a, in the way I mean it, yeah, okay? Yeah. Which is that at the drop of a hat, okay? Yeah. You know, yep. I just went through three, four, five days yeah. my plants feeding and then I see something. I can throw in what I want and it's instantly available. It doesn't need yeah. to be broken down. Exactly. It doesn't need to be chelated by microbes or anything else. It's, and so it's almost, it's, it's, you know what it's like? It's as convenient as those synthetic farmers that love being able to go to the store and buy a sack of 010 this, 030, 0 whatever, throw it and, and throw that in. It's like this, but it's organic. Exactly. It's amazing. Exactly. And that's that's the flexibility. And that's that's the, the, the you know, we were a lot of this a lot of this was done some on accident some you know with purposeful theory but but on accident you 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 have specific bacteria that are creating these npk values we we just had to blend them a certain way but they're still pulled apart where you you can use them like that you can say okay i'm this is a certain cultivar it needs certain something so you can really really dial in and that's where we we felt like to compete with you know because we want everyone just to grow the best bud that that's 
I mean, that is our theme. Just I'm grow, always about the best, know, not the, the best most. Bud, the, the, right. the best exactly. quality bud. You know, how can we get the best terps that, that so, re- so really pull it out? How, tell us a little bit about how you actually make it. You know, yeah, the the yeah. derived from. There's only one ingredient on the label. Yeah. One. Yeah. Uh, microbial fermentation byproduct. byproduct. So yeah. how do you actually make that? Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a simple concept. It's we use humic acid. Uh, organic cane sugar and a little bit of sea salt and then a very specific bacteria and we ferment those which in, 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 so those other ingredients are actually all food in a sense they are food they're they are what they are the elements needed for what builds the cell right and so we use humic acid for for functionalities we use the uh, sugar for uh, the, the simple form of carbons and then the sea salt has these minerals in it uh, and very easy to access, and so that's what the bacteria is consuming. We do uh, what's called it's, it's a fermentation, but so really we're talking big steel vats, big steel, big steel vats. vats, just normal fermentation process. But it doesn't take a long time. You know, right. this is this is a two three day process. The slow dehydration. It's it well, it, it's not just a for uh, you're actually uh, before you're fermenting, you're actually propagating. Well, yeah, or is, yeah, it, is well, it a simultaneously? Thing? It's simultaneous. Ah, this is okay. simultaneous because we are propagating and growing essentially these bacteria cells mm-hmm. in this vat, and then we, when 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 the process is finished, cytosis, when it's complete, then we go through a slow dehydration process, and so that's ultimately what creates the soluble powder. Good luck out there trying yeah. to knock this one off. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> it's very different. It ain't very, gonna it's happen. very different. It's very difficult. Uh, it took a lot of times. This is something different. CDFA, uh, you know, they're, they're the ones that came up with the terminology of microbial fermentation byproduct. He had to create a new category yeah, for himself, yeah, had yeah. to create, st- uh, pay, pay for the white papers to be yeah, done, yeah. had to submit them to the Department of Agriculture? Uh, CDFA. CDFA, yeah, CDFA yep. which I know a little bit of well, yep. my wife anyways, <laughs> hates all process, that. Yeah. New, you know, when you're putting stuff into the soil and you're growing food, presumably with it and you know yeah. it, they're very stringent yeah. especially yeah. in california yeah california once if you pass in california the rest of the right country, they all fall rest of california and oregon easy. yeah california uh, and oregon's oregon. very tough oregon, oregon very you tough. need your oregon's own web page yeah. just for core yeah. oregon. Yeah. oregon's very tough definitely so so um so you have these huge vats or whatever whatever size you have big steel vats you're fermenting this microbe yep. it's a combination of different microbes are going to give you different outcomes and yes. different different uh, varieties of microbes with different yeah. levels of food <clears throat> at different pH levels. This is a very yeah. I, and, and so this is laborious process that took you how many years to perfect it to get it to the point you well, could Well, we started it? from, you know, 2014 was the process. Uh, we started working with really smart carbon scientists, humic acid scientists, uh, and then all, we didn't bring it to market and very, very lightly, right? We didn't say it was around. We just started, you know, we've been around. So we've given it to a lot of farmers that we knew, gardeners that we knew. Because you really have to take something to market to really nail it down, right? You, you build a car, do, yeah, you're not going to know you, until you get it on the road. It really is, you, you know? know? So we, we took it to a lot of guys we knew. They loved This was around 2017. And then I would say we really started to get it out there in 2019. Let people know, hey, this is, and we knew actually when we put it out, we were going to be lacking in calcium. We, we knew this going in, but we didn't want to hold back the technology because we felt it was time. But we knew we had to really, we really had to let people know, hey, your cells are getting what they need very quickly. You're going to need calcium to taxi cab that nutrients around the cell uh, or you're going to get deficiency. So we had to work through those kinks. But as you know, once we got our micros and our calcium in order, uh, it, it started to take off. By an order, he means yeah. he created another two new breakthrough products as well. Yeah. A liquid cal that is a 20% calcium, immediately very absorbable. High. High. We're talking a half a mil per gallon for my veg. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very, very low. Um, and the, uh, the, the seven micros. Yeah, seven micros. You know? So, um, <clears throat> Which are all digestion process. And we use sugar because a lot of people use uh, uh, chelated elements. We, we, it's, it's this form of chelation, but we use the carbon from again uh, organic cane sugar and that that carbon binds tightly to the ca plus plus that that holds that together which remains in liquid form uh, and then creates which is really cool it creates a neutral cloud around the molecule and and we got that we kind of we kind of took that theory from 
the supplemental human market where the really high quality products have to have a neutral cloud or they call it a ring around the molecule so that the cell can actually absorb it. So we actually took that concept from, from, from the supplement companies that were creating high, high source, high soluble products for humans. Uh, took that concept over to to, to this process. Well, I can vouch that it is it, it it it's instantaneous. You know, me I'm I'm used to you know uh, my food also was very uh, bioavailable. It was it, there. Yeah. It was it was all digested plant matter. Yeah. You know, and um, so I'm used to being able to you know wake up in the morning and see. But literally, I I I kid you not, you can feed. You know, I, I you cycle your plants so they're really they're thirsty when I feed, and I come back two hours, and you know a couple of times I didn't formulate properly, and you get a little bit of a yeah the the, the negative side you know where there's just a little arching but I'm telling you I can tell you know you you throw in that formula and I come back a couple hours later and they're just it's available it's <laughs> they're like they're like the angels are singing in the back of your head you just look in you peek it and you go oh, oh they're so happy so um kudos to that and that's why i got you here because i really wanted to spread the word um and get it out there um so um just so that people know, there is a, uh, you know, he's all about flexibility. So I've been working with him um, a little bit on his uh, feeding yeah, chart yeah. and expanding, you know, uh, you know, what the feed chart can be Definitely. a little bit. And uh, there is a feeding chart, which is very easy to follow, yeah. just like anybody else. And, and it's um, evolving. It's evolving. We, we, that's, we've always just been community driven. We're growers ourselves, farmers. That's just, we, we want that feedback so then we can we can you know level up in regards to what our and that's what you've helped with in a neutral substrate like like uh like a pro mix mm -hmm. uh cocoa uh because there are there are some you know there are some differences when you're growing in soil uh and still with our products uh, in regards to how different it is when you're growing in a neutral substrate like like pro mix and cocoa and things like that so and it, and what i've good. what i've noticed is that um it's like I said. It's very easy for me to identify what the plant needs, whip up uh, the NPK ratio that I want with either yeah. one, two, or three products yeah. Yeah. Uh, by going. You know, uh, you know, you've got it down to uh, a certain number of grams of product per plant, yeah. and then I, uh, and then you've also got a uh, grams per gallon. Yeah. You know, yeah. so on a large scale, you know, if you're growing 200, 300, 400, 500 plants, you're going to water one way. Yeah. As opposed to if I'm growing in a tent and I've got 15 plants yeah, and I'm feeding four plants at a time. Um, the thing that was uh, really nice for me was that uh, it was just, like I said, um, there wasn't any, um, any waiting to see whether the yeah. plants liked what I did. So literally <clears throat> the few times that I gave them something that was a little, oh, this is what I want. This is what I was trying to get my mind to, to remember was, is that. So when, whenever you use a new nutrient, the old adage is, is half strength, yeah. right? Yeah. And the problem with synthetic newts and newts also that you have to wait to break down is, it's really hard There's and it takes, it, it takes several cycles before yeah. you actually can get to the point where you're giving them everything that they possibly can take. Yeah. Because it's very easy to give too much. And then all of a sudden, for two weeks, you're waiting for the burn to stop. Yeah. There's yeah. no burning. <clears throat> no. There's there's no burning. I was able no. to experiment and say, you know, you know, everything's doing great. I got, you know, my environment's perfect in there. You know, my VPD's cranking and you know, everything's it's good. Pushing, and I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to pump this up and I'm going to give them, you know, you know, 10, 30, 20, <laughs> you know, and half the room loved it. And the other half kind of went, yeah. <laughs> uncle like they didn't know necrosis they yeah. just were like definitely like okay you know you can back off now yeah, yeah. and i didn't have to wait two weeks to fix things yeah. the next watering yeah. i just corrected things yeah. and everything was perfect yeah so there's some science to that that's that's the uniqueness of the fermentation pro process right the the microbial digestion that's happening within the fermentation actually stitches the macro to carbon 
And that carbon allows the plant to take up with the cell, allows it to take up the nutrients, passive absorption, passive diffusion, where all their nutrients, most other nutrients, and I'm talking a majority of them, use an active transport. So we don't have cation exchange when it comes to our nutrients because it's carbon. The passive diffusion, the, the protein recognizes that. That's where the functionality of humic acid comes into play during the fermentation process. It recognizes that molecule. It's like, hey, this is, you got the VIP pass. Come on in because I don't need to exchange any nutrients with you. I don't need to find anything. There's no... You know, special gradient maneuvers going on. It is passive diffusion. And that also minimizes uh, the need for a, a specific perfect pH range. Exactly. As well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it doesn't yeah, it doesn't eliminate yeah. it. You still yeah, it's still a big part of it, but yeah. But it's, it's much not wider. It's not it's, a it, 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 those narrow bands that you see in those old charts. Yeah. You don't you don't have to worry about yeah, that. Exactly. Um, exactly. And that burning comes because when you're, uh, it, it doesn't matter if you're in soil or hydro, when you're feeding organics or synthetics, doesn't matter. You are flooding your soil or medium with ions. When you're flooding the, the soil with ions, you get an imbalance in what's called the redox potential. And that's actually the oxidation of the soil. If you can't balance that out, then you're gonna go up and down and this, you know, this dictates how my, microbes are being grown. This dictates how plants are taking up. This dictates what pathogens can form. So really, we, we looked at the redox potential of the soil. Without a lot of ions, you have so much more flexibility. And what we call burning is actually just an imbalance. And so without all these this cation exchange and all these ions, we're strictly working with carbon. You have so much flexibility in how the plant is taking up nutrients. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool stuff. And and also another thing is is that because uh, none of VNPK, none of the nutrition is salt based. It's all carbon based. All any all of every additional molecule of food that you put in for the plants that doesn't become food for the plants is actually food for every other living exactly. thing. Exactly. It's not exactly. salt. It's yeah. not, ew, I don't want that. Yeah. I'm going to move around that. Yeah. It's going to be consumed by the whole living uh, root soil food web as well. That That's such an important part of, of our of our process. Because look, we, we know in, 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 in neutral substrates it works, works really well. But our, you know, our ethos is really sustainable, you know, kind of the regenerative soil, uh, that basis. But we, we didn't want to... If we're focusing on, let's say, using compost to, you know, grow a certain amount of balance of biology in the soil, I don't want to add like this, you know, this excessive fish or an excessive guano or, you know, a, 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 a cow foss. Because no, it tastes like or, that. Because not only does it taste like that, but you're, by adding those simple carbons or complex carbon structures, you're actually dictating to the plant hey, I'm putting this in my soil, so therefore you need to produce exudates that calls for this certain amount of biology. So if you're adding these, you know, you're in flour and you're adding what you think is a flour food, but it's telling the plants, no, I'm, I'm a very simple, complex call for bacteria, you're, you're throwing your soil off balance, right? And we're at a time where you need maybe a, a, a fungal bacteria ratio to be more fungal, you're, you're putting a terrestrial food in your soil that's actually calling for more bacteria, throwing off this balance. So our whole goal was, oh, and that's where, that's where it comes down to worm casting. Is like, we were always looking for this balance of biology, balance of biology. And so we didn't even, we didn't want our nutrients to, to consequently manipulate that in a negative way. So it's like, this carbon is a simple cane sugar carbon, which everybody can eat. And it doesn't it doesn't throw off the balance of biology, so that, that's super important. It's, you know, it, it's super important. that's why with organics, uh, less is always more. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that, you know, with synthetics, exactly. you're looking for that how much you can pump it up, how much you can yeah. pump it up before they just choke and burn. Yeah. <laughs> with organics, you're just looking to open up the xylem and float them <laughs> as, <laughs> much as, sure. as much as possible as much as possible so that they can uh breathe as much yeah. as possible exactly. which so that they can take up as much water and nutrients uh, uh, you get the rate of photosynthesis as high as possible like when we're on a treadmill yeah. you know when our hearts are pumping faster we're burning more calories 
we can take in more nutrition, you know, um, that is all hindered yeah. um, by soil biology when, if, if it's not right. Exactly. If the exactly. pH is off, if you've got too much uh, uh, calcium or uh, too much sulfur or, or just something. Um, and, and so your, your, your nutrient is uh, very targeted yeah. and very specific. Yeah. And there's nothing going in yeah. that isn't actually making things better. It's it's either neutral, yeah. You know, it's either it's either feeding, but it's not building up and adding to the 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 uh, the uh, the problem of the soil being able to hold or release nutrients, exactly. for example, yeah. or um, just keeps everything. And and when it comes to the plants yeah. regulating, uh, having to uh, produce the proper exudates, like you were saying, so that they can. Uh, attract the proper microbes so that they can break down this and that without understanding all of that isn't it nice just to eliminate <laughs> all that's of what that. i'm trying to do is make it easy you know you know so wow that's that's yeah. really um because synthetics is easy it's controllable but you know for people who don't want who want that same you know, it's it's tough to say you control your plants, but you know, have some some control over how how their plants are growing. This gives you that. It definitely gives you that option. Synthetics are easy, yeah. but they're just yeah. it's not soulless. The same. It's, it's not the same. Yeah. Um, the same. I I just recently, the last time I, I I don't even want to mention. I just I I judged a cup and I couldn't even smoke the weed because yeah. it was all PGR yeah. commercial dump truck weed it's different man and different i just right? really feel sorry for people that spend hard-earned money yeah. on weed that you know i don't want to say it wasn't grown with love because yeah. Yeah. you know there's a few people out there cooking food that isn't delicious but yeah. they're trying yeah. <laughs> and there's love in it yeah. but but, <laughs> but man <laughs> but man you know um like i said in the introduction um if you haven't tried to grow organically, I know you've thought about it. If you're growing, but you haven't grown organically yet, I know you've thought about it. And if you're thinking about an easy entrance, it doesn't get any easier because you're not worried about efficacy. Yeah. You're not worried about uh, sourcing. You know, did it come from some e-waste island in Sri Lanka? Exactly. Um, uh, made in America. Yep. And uh, um, so there you have it, man. Organics alive and it did did I leave anything out? I mentioned that it's like not low heavy metals or low salt. It's no yeah. salt and no heavy metals yeah. um, Tell everybody why it doesn't have any salts or heavy metals. Well uh, a, a lot of a lot of fertilizers these days are, are created from you know three places really one is commercial waste derivatives chemical waste derivatives i forgot to say pp caca and and uh <laughs> and and ultimately like landscape you know waste derivatives so so right. we don't use any of that and we also don't mine so when when you know when you're mining for something and then you go to extract for the particular element that you're looking for it's virtually impossible or very very expensive to eliminate all the heavy metals you're going to take them with you so that's why our products don't have, because we're not using any waste derivative. We're not using any animal byproduct derivative. It is from, a, again, a simple cane sugar, some bacteria, and very, and we're talking micrograms per 5,000 gallons of liquid, you know what I mean, of, of water. So it's almost non-existent, but to a little tiny bacteria, it's plenty of food. Dude, you're talking to somebody whose palate has gotten so, <laughs> you know? so uh, uh, sensitive. Uh, but my wife, by the way, can't smoke anything, any weed that is not 100% organic. And even then, sometimes she gets a headache. And the Vega Matrix weed, because it was so low salt and, you know, no problem. Yeah. And, um, man, I just, I'm really loving clean, smoking man. the weed. It's clean, bud. Like, this was just a pursuit to get the best herb. I mean, it's how crazy is that, you know? Like, it's you all about, about the smokeability you know, for me because... For good herb, what we go through, man. I, that's why I say this plant just never, it never let me go, dude. I just was in pursuit of the best herb, and 
and uh, for myself and for my friends and you know just for you know to you to say hey this is this is like the best herb i've smoked in a very long time or ha have my best that that gives it's like it's like the video game your your level just goes <laughs> back to the top and you can keep going and then, you know you're getting beat up and back to the top it just and you keep on marching forward man and well, that's, that's what I, really i'm thankful for the people that you met along the way yeah that's what really you know um because you know there's yeah. no way that this could have just you know yeah. like you said some smart people it, it was definitely uh, a deliberate decision but a lot of ha a couple of happy accidents yeah. had to happen along the way yeah and so Definitely. with that said, I want to thank you for uh, telling us all about it. And um, maybe you'll answer some viewer questions with Yeah, you? yeah. That's awesome. awesome. That's great. This is Kyle Cushman again, and I hope you're enjoying the show. Now, let's pause for a second, roll back a little. Remember that buy one, get one free deal on my Sweet Island Feminized Seeds I highlighted before we got started? If it slipped your mind, don't break a sweat. There's still plenty of time. Just head over to homegrowncannabisco.com, pop those seeds into your cart, and use the code SWEETKYLE at checkout. Stock up and watch your cannabis garden flourish. All right, everybody, I think. Time for that good old Q&A. I want to remind everybody that uh, you can get your question answered, potentially, if you go to uh, CannabisCo slash podcast, that's not podcast with a D, not T, even though it is a podcast. They do? All right. Thanks for messing up my flow. Homegrowncannabisco.com forward slash podcast. And you can leave your questions and it can basically be about anything as long as it's not sexual in nature. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so keep giving us your questions, and I've got some here. The first one is from Olivia. I didn't offer you this. I did. I did. Okay, I good. Uh, Olivia from Denver is asking, "Hi, Kyle, and Todd today. <laughs> I've recently started growing cannabis organically for personal use. Congratulations." And I'm seeking advice on the specific nutrients and supplements needed to achieve optimal growth. Can you recommend some essential organic nutrients and supplements for cannabis cultivation? That sounds like it was made up for this, for this podcast. Hard. Um, wait, this, there's just uh, there's a bunch. There's so many. Organics Alive. Organics Alive. We just went through this. And hopefully you're going to watch this episode. You're going to hear your name. Hi, Olivia. And you're going to be really happy that your solution, your answer has arrived. Yes. So yeah. Organics Alive, um, they've got their own humic and fulvic. Yeah. Um, they've got their own uh, micros and calcium now. Yeah. So all you got to do is just go on the website, which is? OrganicsAliveGarden.com. OrganicsAliveGarden.com yeah. and set yourself up. Yeah. Next question. Ben from Portland, Oregon says... Hey, Kyle, I have a keen interest in organic farming practices and want to grow cannabis in an eco-friendly manner. Can you share some sustainable methods and practices that can be applied to cannabis, organic cannabis cultivation? Um, well, I think to, to start with, I mean, I think worm castings is a great place to start when you're talking about sustainability. You're going to have a lot of biology there. Um, you know, you're not going to have to add a lot of, you know, nutrients to that. It lowers the you need know, for yeah, actual lowers, nutrients. It, it, you know, it's it's definitely a cleaner way of growing. Um, I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of different sustainable ways. Like, for instance, if you're in your bed, you can use d a diverse cover crop, you know, to add in. And then, you know, in between rounds or even during rounds, you don't want to let too many things flower because uh, you don't want to pull, but that you can find a good balance of diversity there. Cover crops are yeah, really important yeah, if you want to just yep. con continue using the soil. Yeah, exactly. So that's extremely yeah. eco-friendly, yeah, yeah. is not buying soil every time. Yeah, exactly. So not buying soil every time. Uh, again, I think using overall, you know, how you source your products as well. You know, a lot of things come maybe organic, but aren't sustainable. Heavy mining's not sustainable. Um, you know, I don't really like... I'm a purist. It's hard, but it's I don't like you know getting products from chicken waste products or you know heavy agriculture or 
you know, unsustainable landscaping methods where maybe there's pesticides involved, GMOs involved. So I agree. there's definitely sourcing is, is going to be a big part of it. But then there's a lot of a lot of great people you can follow along too. Uh, just in the in the community that are doing really cool things, you know. I know a guy, I don't know, you know, that is on his thirty fifth round of soil. He's really, Amazing. you know, who, yeah. who, who in a bed in a, in a commercial scale facility as well. So can really learn from the community because there there really are a lot of good people doing good things when it comes to sustainability. So, you know. That's how we learn to surf, right? We just watch surf videos, and that's how we learn to grow. We just I want to mention the, watch grow video. I want to mention the dragonfly. Yeah, dragonfly, green life production. Yep. You know, Bokashi Earthworks is is doing great things. So there really are a lot of a lot of good people. You know, finding sustainable practices, and they're all heads. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they are. They are for sure. So um, it's definitely uh, a lot easier than it was yes. twenty years ago. Definitely. Um, and you can be as earth friendly as you want to be yeah. nowadays. Yeah, it's totally. it's not really that yeah, hard. You can take it pretty far. You can take it pretty far. You can be as crunchy as yeah, you want exactly. to be. Exactly. <laughs> as crispy as you want to be. We're keeping the crunchy, <laughs> but adding a little simplicity to that. So right. that, that that's our goal. Keeping the crunchy. <laughs> yeah, keep I like that. Cr- Okay, next question is Jez from Mendo, California. What up, Kyle? I really enjoyed your show with Leo Stone about breeding. I'm passionate about organic gardening and want to ensure my cannabis plants are completely free from synthetic pesticides and herbicides. What are some effective organic alternatives for pest and weed control in cannabis cultivation? Um... You know, there's 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 a uh, there's all kinds of biological uh, products, uh, Grandivo and yeah. um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, plant ve- therapy is not too bad. Uh, I I would, there's there there those are um, oil based suffocant. Yeah. There's yeah. but there's actually uh, my, uh, m- uh, microbe based products. Yes. Uh, there's uh, Grandivo yeah. and and Venerate. That's it right there. If you wanted to go real deep with uh, pathogen suppression and you and you have the capability of, of making your own worm castings or buying some worm castings, there's something you can do. If you add a chitin-based material to the worms, right? You, you can't just add it to soil. Like People will take insect frass and they just add it to soil. It doesn't work like that. You need to have the micro gut, uh, the esophagus, as you could say, of the a filter, worm, right. of a worm, so they can so they can break down that chitin and produce chitinase. They encapsulate that in the worm casting. If you can make something like that very rich, and then create a tea out of it, like that's that was our base product was this, this chitin based product. You have to have that chitinase. Now, if you can make that at home or you can find a good source of that, then that, those biological organisms... It's going to supercharge they everything supercharge else. supercharge <laughs> your soil, and they will actually look for chitin-based pathogens uh, and release chitinase into your soil, right? That actually increases chitinase enzyme in your plant, and, and the exoskeleton... Of chitin-based organisms that are pathogenic, like broad mites, spider mites. You're creating your own pesticides. You're creating your own pesticides, spider mites, broad mites, white flies. The exoskeleton are made out of chitin. So they actually they actually smell your plant. Now to us, that might seem like a, a better smelling plant or you got some better terps, but to them, it smells like it doesn't smell good. So what do they do? They just avoid the plant. It's not like you're they're they're right. chomping on it and you're killing them. Right. They avoid the plant and right. they go to the next weakest plant. Right. And so now you've created. So really, the best place to start when you're when you're looking yeah, at when you're looking at uh, insect suppression, fungal suppression, pathogen suppression, you got to look to your soil. Everything starts there. And if you can create a very healthy soil environment, balanced biology, chitin and cellulose recycler organisms at a at a rich comp- at, at a rich amount then the rest of it is going to be very, very easy. And you just come for low, uh, low, uh, you know, input inputs to then eliminate whatever's rest. Another way like weeds, I think was another one is competition. Just add a diverse cover crop. Don't mm-hmm. let them flower, just chop and drop. Uh, but that will then provide competition. Uh, so you don't get weeds around your plants either. So those are two ways you can start from the soil and then, 
work your way up to maybe some products that are that are that are somewhat healthier that are in the market man so cover between cover crops and worm castings and uh mayonnaise no chitinase <laughs> uh you can create your own yeah. uh pest uh suppression yeah. in yeah. your soil yeah. and never have to treat you know you'll have your own biome you'll have nematodes yeah, and exactly. and uh wow man you know you know look i'm 57 years old now i'm not saying i'm an old man or nothing but you know i remember when i was 25 when i was 21 and 22 when i was gardening and you know i would spend hours a day just whether it was foliar feeding or deleafing or yeah. bending and breaking or it was just I was, you know it was just just so much time in the garden and you know i've never been one really to like to, I did make my own nutrients early on, and that's what led me to make a, a line. But it's like, you know, it's always been getting on to other things, being kind of uh, making a little bit of convenience. Yeah. If you're ever going to make your own concoction, I think this is the one you want to look into. This is chitinase. So yeah. G- yeah. before I move on, is there, is there like, so you said chitin-based products. Yeah. What, what, what would those so, be? So like if you, if you can create a worm bim or ask, or even go to the, the local worm guy that's making castings. Be like, hey, mm. can, you, can you check this out? Can you try this out? And, and can you use sh- a shrimp shell? Can you use an insect frass? Can you use uh, an oyster shell or a crab shell or something that's chitin that has a chitin based that's com- its component is chitin? Uh, so go to the butcher it, it, and yeah. say you want the shrimp it, it, shells. Exactly. Just say can I come that. at the end of the yeah. week and get a bunch of shook? Sh- sh- you know, it's you know a it, little it, bit of research. But research you need, but you way. need, you need the red wiggler to eat that. That that is. Look at it. We've tried it all which way. <laughs> we, we've tried it all which way. Believe me. You need the red wiggler worm to red eat. And, and it has to be the red wiggler. Red wiggler, red wiggler, red wiggler. that component. <laughs> so you can, you can get that, you can get that chitinase. You might want to yeah. just disclaim to the uh, viewers that you, you didn't really mean mayonnaise earlier. Just in case someone <laughs> yeah. starts mixing mayo into their soil. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> But yeah, that that, that those funny. are the components. Those are the components. That's you need. great stuff, yeah. man. That is really great. So that's a lot to chew on. Yeah, chew on that chitin right there. Right there. <laughs> Travis from Seattle. Hey Kyle, I've heard about the concept of living soil and its benefits in organic cannabis cultivation. Can you explain what living soil is and how it can enhance the quality and yield of an organic cannabis crop? I think we kind of did that a little bit, yeah, yeah. but take that a little bit. Or uh, a living soil is yeah. I think, to you. Yeah, I think a living soil is, <coughs> is you know, because you could buy soil from the store and it's living, you know. I think that's just a, well, some of a, them. a grasp of a, a terminology. I personally buy a neutral soil, yeah, that's a and, neutral it, soil. And, and it's actually sterilized. Yeah. That, that is, yeah. So, so that you know that there is no uh, pathogens whatsoever along with the yeah. good stuff. There might be some bad stuff. So I go with sterile and I use that platform to yeah. create a living soil. Uh, you, can, you can create a living soil by adding. I think a living soil has has a couple components. One, you're looking for a really good structure. Uh, you know, you have a balance between all the structures of Meaning soil. Meaning loamy, not sandy. Exactly, a really good structural component. Another one is you're really providing uh, the ability for microorganisms to grow. So you can really have a rich, balanced biology, organic matter, organic, organic, matter, organic matter environment where you're then your soil is really living and at that point if you're if your uh, soil has those components then from that point you could really just start to add certain amount of cover crops you know maybe maybe not even add a component of food but you have this a cycling going on now where your plants no longer need and I sometimes I say like if you've gotten your soil so dialed in that you may no longer need organic saliva. We're we're there to help <laughs> like you. Yeah, we're we're there to help you out, get everything dialed in minerally and microbially to the point where you don't need us. Then you then you've then you really found yourself the living soil. And we have what's called a living compost because that's that's what we provide. We provide the balance of biology within this compost that essentially then can be used or top dressed. To then get your soil to a point where it's a living soil. So See, because just because you add a tablespoon every gallon of great white to your water and pour it into your soil, it doesn't mean that every single uh, 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 cilia hair, the uh, what's the name of the, the hairs? Mycelia. Yep. The, on the roots, which is what absorbs the food and water, not the actual root, 
You know, it doesn't mean that you've got gajillions of them just because you put those microbes in. Yeah. You've got to make those microbes happy. Yeah. They have to find a home, yep. right? Yeah, exactly. in, in order for them to be doing anything. Yeah. So when you create that happy biome, yeah, that's, that's when you're going to have a gazillion happy mycelia yeah. and your plants will be feeding faster. And depending on how much input you're giving them as far as uh, energy source, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. Then you may or may not need yeah. an additional amount of food yeah. because the biome itself is going to be creating an, a continuous cycle of food. Exactly. And to and to get to a, a, a numerical place to start is your carbon nitrogen ratio, thirty to one, seventy to one, bacteria to nitrogen. The, these these will really help your your journey on to a uh, to a living soil that's balanced carbon nitrogen ratios so um endo ecto mycorrhizae um and then just azo fungi endo ecto azos get the nematodes in there yes find your arthropods you know don't just stop at bacteria and fungi find ways to get to, to the right before the worms and the birds try to find everything in between you know? It's really fun. I was watching a show, I think it was a Nova show the other night that described early, you know, the early formation of Earth and how um, before fungi actually made a nexus with plants, plants couldn't move from the ocean to the land. Wow. That literally like like they had come up on the rocks wow. and there was some they could like live like like when there was some water still splashing because the water was providing minerals yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But they couldn't travel any further into land because they didn't know how to they didn't have any capability a mechanism for extracting nutrition yeah. from soil and it was it was when back uh when fungi mated with plant roots and they, they created that symbiosis relationship yeah. that was the first time that we had trees that's when tree, when plants started growing more than you know a few inches off the ground, and then yeah. we got trees. Yeah. It's from that back that, that symbiosis symbiotic relationship. Oh, the, the railways were being created, essentially. Right, yeah. right, and that's why we have redwoods now yeah. because of the microbes that are in the roots. It's the tiny microbes that, that feed all of that. So that, that took a lot of time to get there. That took a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> a lot a less lot. time than it'll take you to grow and harvest <laughs> your first crop. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy from San Francisco, California says, Hello, Kyle. I'm eager to learn more about companion planting and its potential benefits for organibus, orga, organibus, organic cannabis cultivation. Organibus, I like that. <laughs> Are there any specific companion plants that work well with cannabis and contribute to a healthier, more sustainable growing environment? Is he talking about cover crops? Yeah, I think he's talking about cover crops. I think there's... There's still a lot of work Companion to be done. Companion planting. Yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done there. Sounds like a, a British phased, phased, phased question to me. You know, if I point you to the right, just to just point you to directly to where you should look on that is people like Green Life Productions. Um, the, those guys, Steve Cantwell and those guys have really, really dialed in the companion planting and what works with cover crops. And so I think they would be the experts to really, you know, to guide you in a certain direction to, to really find out what, because there are some, they've done tests where they find, you know, people will throw in a cover crop, but really it's not helping the situation. So really you want it, you, you do want to be mindful of what you are planting with cannabis. And I think that that's a great direction for, for more, at least on my part, more expertise uh, when, when uh, because they've done 35, imagine 35 rounds indoor in a bed say that contact again uh, green life production green life production and, and, and steve cantwell and those guys are they are hard yeah those guys are i, I mean to me those are the, that 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 group there is really the the pinnacle of what is, is possible in in one bed i mean 35 rounds i'm thinking how many years that is fantastic uh, you know what i mean in one bed that that's I appreciate. I thank yeah. you for that because I don't have any personal recommendations. I've, I've used cover crops before and just kind of gone online and got a build a soil kind of. Yeah, you know, build a soil of, could be another of, one of, too. But uh, you know, the vetch yeah. and the I don't know what there's yeah, a bunch of stuff yeah, in there. Clover of, and you know, you know and and you know you, they grow so high, and then you just cut it yeah, down and and it, it helps make sure you know you you turn over your uh, moisture quicker yeah. and they 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 eat 
extra nitrogen and they do a little bit of yeah. nitrogen fixing yeah. for you. Exactly. And, um, it's not really going to help you out if you're growing in small containers. Not as if much. you're growing in, you know, 20 gallon containers or larger or in beds, you know, then it's a good thing to help make sure you're turning over your water and um, getting some of those benefits. So yeah. there you go. You yeah. got some uh, more, some more research to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, Terp Man Toronto from Canada, just in case we didn't know where Toronto was. <laughs> hey, Kyle. I'm interested in understanding the role of beneficial microbes in organic cannabis cultivation. Can you provide some insights on how these microbes contribute to plant health and what practices can help promote a thriving microbial community in the soil? Done and done. Yeah. Well, um, the really short, short of it is, is that, like I said, um, plants can't live without microbes. A sterile root would basically be uh, enveloped by fungi and pathogens instantly. Yeah. Um, so there is no plant that's living without uh, some level of microbes. It's a symbiotic relationship. And so the, the, more, the, the more you can bring your soil to life, the biomes, that there's actually an exchange there going on, um, the less food you need to feed the plants. Yeah. Because yeah. there is so much work being done by the living organisms between uh, cleaning the roots, making the nutrient more available, yep. uh, between actually making the nutrients more available, uh, between cleaning the soil. Um, uh, so that's, microbes are uh, a, a completely symbiotic uh, animal yeah. that you can't have. So uh, living, not paying any attention to microbes, if you're growing in soil and you're not paying any attention to microbial life, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. That would be like growing and not putting a thermometer in yeah, or you something. Yeah, you might as well move into a neutral and, <laughs> and push them differently. Yeah, I mean, some practical components to that. I think finding good biology, again, I think wor really good quality worm castings uh, is a great way to add biology to your soil. A really good compost um, you know sometimes you don't want to just go to the, the local compost place you really want to make sure the compost you're getting is going to be a good because it, it can Dude, have negative I opened effects. up your I don't think I told you this or maybe I did I told you I opened up your compost and I was mixing some into my soil and the light from the garden was shining in it and I'm like wait a second <laughs> no there were nematodes hopping yeah. around in there i could yeah. see them in the living compost yeah. Yeah. hopping around and maybe there was even some uh springtails yeah i think i saw some springtails yeah. too listen to me it's like a happy kid yeah. there was living <laughs> biology in my compost in yeah. what do you it's called living compost that's what so it is, like yeah. you said you know you don't know how long it's been sitting there yeah. you don't know just because it says living compost right they packed it on a, a container ship from china and it sat in the belly of a beast for fucking six months. Yeah, and then it exactly. sat in a warehouse for six months. No. Good quality compost. Those are places where you can kind of get the, get the biology you need to start working, working better. And then making sure whatever you're adding isn't, again, it's, it's not because there's greens and then there's wood chips. And you want to make sure you balance between the two to get a balance of biology. Right, Micro, all microbes yeah. don't, don't eat the same food. Exactly, exactly. So Complex stuff and simple stuff. But he's done the work for you. His yeah, living compost little, is yeah. freaking Good outrageous. Freaking yeah. outrageous. Yeah. You could, I did not need a microscope. There was, there was yeah. happy, yeah. happy, uh, positive, yeah. um, what's the word I'm looking for? What are the, what are they, the, the, the type of animal that uh, nematodes are? Oh, there's arthropods in there. There's there arthropods, yeah. dude. Don't grow without arthropods, <laughs> dude. Arthropods in there. What are you talking dude. about? You ain't got no arthropods, man. Do you even lift, bro? Do you even <laughs> lift, <laughs> dude? Yeah. This has been a great conversation. We went pretty deep, you know, um, without getting stupid. We gave the people some really good um, online resources to check out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and we learned all about the basis of why Organics Alive is so good, why I have you here, and why I use it, and why I'm recommending it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was a great show. I'm patting myself on the back That's for that. Great. One. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that thanks was, for having me here. This is thanks, my, my first podcast. His first <laughs> podcast. Cool. <laughs> Imagine that. He was good. He was real. I thought it was great. And uh, I'm gonna watch this one twice. <laughs> And I suggest you do too. Yeah, we're available for questions. You know, hit us up. We're, That's right. We're, you know, DM us, 
You know, there's there's good stuff on our website. If you're on our Instagram, go to Say our Say the website again. It's organicsalivegarden.com. And then if you go to our link in the bio of our IG, there's some cool information there too, the grow guys. Uh, or, at Organics Alive. Uh, no slashes or anything, just at Organics Alive. And there's some good information there. And hit us in the DM, man. We're, we're pretty available. We, we answer questions. Yes. You know? And one last time, yeah. you know, uh, the questions come from our blog on homegrowncannabiscode.com forward slash podcast. And you can leave your question about today's show. And uh, we'll either answer it or, uh, uh, you know, leave messages in the blog and we'll answer there too. So thanks for tuning in. This has been a great episode. And uh, we hope to see you again for the next episode of Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Cushman. Gwah! <laughs> Gwah! And that brings us to the end of yet another leafy episode of Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Cushman. I trust that you've found today's discourse on organic growing truly enlightening as we've journeyed into the heart of this subject matter with the incomparable Todd Salimi of Organics Alive. His passion, knowledge, and commitment to sustainable practices is simply inspiring. Thank you so much, Todd, for joining us. Your insights have certainly stimulated our minds, and it's been a privilege having you share your expertise with our audience. As for all of you, our audience, I hope today's discussion has opened up your understanding of organic growing and encouraged you to at least consider this invaluable approach towards a healthier, more sustainable cultivation at home. Remember, every small step towards organic growing is a significant stride for our planet. Lastly, hearty thanks to those who submitted their queries for today's Q&A session. Your questions are always welcome, and I hope you found those answers thoughtful and, more importantly, helpful. Sadly, it's time for us to wrap things up. But don't fret, my friends. We've got more exciting episodes lined up, and more experts are headed your way. So don't forget to tune in again for another sublime session of Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Cushman.